please rise for our first song. Good morning to all of you. You may be seated. I am absolutely excited and thrilled. I don't think there's enough words for me to, uh, to say about what's going to happen here. I've met Brianna almost early on when I came here to Columbus, and her love for the Lord, her joy and love for people is, uh, is noticeable and infectious. And I can't tell you how many times she has reached out to me and encouraged me in my faith and my walk with Jesus. And um, 
we were, we've been talking for a while, and she finally said to me on Facebook, can I be baptized? And I'm like, yes. And uh, so this is what's going to happen. And I just want to talk to you, Brianna. I want to talk to all of us. Why do we do this? Um, while it may be a really good thing to do, there's some spiritual reasoning for this. And a couple of things that we've talked about, and, and, and I know that you're aware of. Number one, all of us are sinners. And because of that sin, we would be separated from God forever. God doesn't want that separation. So he did what we call the greatest act of love ever. He sent his son to come to this earth, who suffered and died and rose again. But then he gave what, what we call the instructions for the church for people like you and me. He said these words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. That's found in Matthew chapter 28, some of the last words that Jesus spoke while he was on this earth. So that's why we're up here today, is number one, we acknowledge we're sinners and we need his grace and his mercy. And so in just a moment, you're going to have water placed on your head in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I just want to ask you very specifically, okay, do you believe in God the Father who is the creator of the heavens and the earth? Do you believe in God the Son who is Jesus, who suffered and died and rose again? And do you believe in the Holy Spirit who gives you the faith to believe and to live as a Christian? If so, answer yes. yes. Do you desire to be baptized into the Christian church? Well, I'm excited. This is an opportunity we get to, to have. Now, there's one person up here, but we're all here today to be a witness and also an encourager. So you get to pray for Brianna as she continues to grow closer to Jesus every day. You get to reach out to her and remind her of the goodness and grace of God. So that's going to be your task, is to do this from now on. Uh, but we do get to watch this. We get to watch water placed on your head, and you're then part of God's family. And all the promises of God become yours. So you ready for that? So if you would just put your head over just a little bit. Brianna, Kayleen, Brockhouse, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father who brought you into his family keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. Now, a couple things we're going to do. Just a candle, right? It is just a candle. One of the things that Jesus said about himself is he says, I'm the light of the world. And so my hope and prayer for you and our hope and prayer is that you would stay close to Jesus and that his light would shine in your life like it already has been. So we are rejoicing and giving thanks. So let's, as the body of Christ, let's rejoice together as we give thanks to God. let's pray. Oh good and gracious God, 
you have such a perfect love. And your desire was that Brianna would be part of your family and that she would receive from you one blessing after another. And Lord, thank you for all of that. And now we pray that as she continues to go from here, she would grow closer to you and that she would love you with her whole life. And Lord, thank you for the faith that has already been evident in how she lives for you. So thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing. Oh
Welcome to worship this morning. We begin a new series today titled Spirit Driven. And it's all about the power of the Holy Spirit and how he moved through the early church. And the Holy Spirit is one person of the triune God that we worship. And so as we gather, we want to remember and we want to worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of faith so that we are adopted into the family of God. And the Holy Spirit enables us to live out of that identity, to be God's kingdom representatives in this world. But we know we don't always live as God's kingdom representatives, do we? We sin, we fall short, and the Holy Spirit convicts us so that we can turn from our sin and turn to God. And so we take some time right now to do that, to confess our sins together as we speak these words together. Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me by how your grace and mercy I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings. My sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love that you have expressed through the sending of your Son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we spoke those words, our loving, merciful, gracious Father heard our confession. And through the faith in his perfect, his son's perfect and complete sacrifice for us, we are forgiven and set free. Well, in a little while, we are going to pray together uh, the prayers of the people. If you have not had a chance to um, request any prayers and would like to, you can text your prayer request in to 402-242-5051. And that's whether you're in-person worship, worshiping online, you can text those prayer requests in. If you're worshiping with us through Facebook, you can comment um, next to the video there, and we'll get those prayer requests as well. We also worship God with our tithes and our offerings. And so if you're in person worshiping with us, there's a box by the door. Um, you can drop your offering in as you enter worship or as you leave. And then also we have three ways that you can give online. We have our church center app that you can give online. Uh, you can also go to 1cchurch.com, click on online giving to give there. Or you can text in your giving. Uh, you can text in any dollar amount you would like to the number 84321. And we praise and thank God for the work that he is doing in and among his people here at 1C and around the world. Well, boys and girls, I have a kid's message for you this morning. But just a reminder, stay in your seats. You're not going to come up forward for the children's message yet. Um, but I wanted to share a story with you. So a long time ago, when Kate and I first got married, we moved to southern Indiana. And there are a lot of trees and hills and leaves in Indiana. And for a couple years, I worked for a lawn mowing company, um, a landscape company. And in the fall, we would have to clean up all those leaves. And so we had these big backpack blowers we would put on our back, and they're really loud, so we put earplugs in. And we'd take those and we'd blow all the leaves either down the hill and into the woods, or blow them into a big pile and then haul them out. 
but it was really hard to get each other's attention because you got this big loud blower on your back and these earplugs in. Um, but you know what? Along with all these trees and these leaves, some of the trees were walnut trees. And we discovered that we could use those to get each other's attention. And so we'd bend over, and you pick up a walnut, and it fit just right into the end of the blower. And you could put your hand over the blower and then rev up the engine. And, well, let's see what this would look like. Um, I don't have a backpack blower, but I have a little handheld blower. And I didn't have any walnuts, but I had a wiffle ball. So let's see what this looks like when you put them together. Those things really fly, don't they? So you can imagine if you're blowing leaves and all of a sudden you see a walnut come flying by you, it's probably going to get your attention. And if it doesn't, the next one might come a little closer, and you don't want that. Um, so don't do that, boys and girls, because it hurts when you get hit by a walnut. Um, but why would I tell a silly story like this and then take the time to show you what launching uh, a wiffle ball looks like? Well, when I was reading through the book of Acts, and the account of when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples, it reminded me of this story. Because Acts 2 tells us that the disciples were all together, and then there was something like this great, powerful wind that filled the house. And the, whole, and the, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were launched out into this world with the power of the Holy Spirit in them and the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus with the world. And the Holy Spirit enabled them to say it in a way that everyone could understand, even people that spoke a different language. That is amazing, isn't it? So the Holy Spirit powers us to be sent out to share the good news of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit enables the message that we share to be heard and understood so that people can hear it, can believe, and can come to faith in Jesus. That is amazing. But here's a little disclaimer, boys and girls. Do not launch anything out of blowers. Someone could get hurt. You could break a window. That's not a good thing. Um, but do share the good news of Jesus. Know that you are powered by the Holy Spirit. And you can show and tell people the love of Jesus wherever you go. All right. Well, let's pray. If you fold your hands, bow your heads, and you can repeat after me. Holy Spirit, thank you for giving us faith. Move in a powerful way so that we can be sent out to share your love. Amen. All right. Thank you, boys and girls. One dangerous person, huh? I learn more and more about him every week. And I'm glad he gave that disclaimer of don't try this at home. Um, and I'll just say, don't try this at the office either, okay? All right, it's been quite, um, quite a week, quite a couple months. We've been, uh, I don't know about you, these are unprecedented times, uncertain times, whatever word. We've gone from COVID-19 to George Floyd and all the emotion that's been going on. Um, I'd like to have maybe put up on the screen if you would, if you would, um, like to give you the definition of uh, ism 
and wait for that to pop up there. There we go. Um, definition of ism, a distinctive doctrine, cause, theory, or religion, a manner of action or behavior characteristic of a specified person or thing, prejudice or discrimination on the basis of a specified attribute or adherence to a system or class of principles. So um, to put it into context, right, there is something called um, Americanism, right? Uh, a religion could be Judaism, and then something that has been brought to the forefront is the word racism. And I don't know what comes to mind for you when you hear that word. Um, I'm guessing your journey is maybe a little bit different than mine, and mine is different than yours. Uh, but the term racism, we have to grapple with. We need to wrestle with. And... This week, uh, lots of things have taken place. Uh, we had a protest in Columbus area. As I talked to the police officers, because I went over there to uh, talk with and pray with them, and um, they said, we've never had a protest before. This is new, new stuff for Columbus. Then I made my way over to the organizers, and I prayed with them, prayed for a peaceful protest. Uh, then after that, I made my way back to 1C Church. Um, just lots of stuff going on, and I thought, I want to be here. I just want to be here. And a little later, this gal over here named Monica shows up at the church to meet her mom, and we ended up having a conversation, really great conversation. And I got to know Monica actually back in the fall when we were getting ready for a Christian uh, Christmas concert in the Columbus area, and it was just wonderful, fabulous, and um, and Monica, uh, I was blessed and we were blessed, the fact that she was chosen to sing a song. And I got to find out that she sings with soul. Um, I was just moved as I heard her sing. And it was the words, but it was also, you could tell that it was coming from here, not just from the, you know, wherever. She just sang it. Well, as we were talking, um, I asked her, what do you think about all this stuff regarding George Floyd and racism and and one thing that Monica said, uh, right off the bat, she says, when it first happened, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to believe. She says, but as time has marched on, I've come to some realizations and understanding. And so I do believe in what's called God, God's divine appointments. I think she was brought to 1C on that Tuesday night. I believe that we got to sit six feet from each other like this and, and got to talk about the current event. And so I looked at her and I said, Monica, would you be willing to come to 1C this week? And would you be willing to share your journey? And she said, yes, like right away. And so I, I have a couple questions I, I want to ask her and just let her kind of tell us what's on her heart. Uh, maybe let's go back to that whole um, not knowing what to believe, what to think, what to feel. Uh, tell us that. So, hi. Um, when, this, when I first heard the news about um, the death of George Floyd, I, honestly, I can honestly say I didn't want to hear it. I um, felt that this is just another death in America and nothing will change. But then after... Um, 
thinking about it and knowing that this is so sad and um, if I let that sadness come into my heart, I will get really sad. And I say that because I'm a type of person who likes to look on the bright side of things. And unfortunately with this, I feel like there's no bright side to look towards or look forward to. So after allowing myself to feel that emotion, like, like Pastor Jen said, I've been going on a journey and realizing that I am trying so hard to look for the hope in this situation and turning to God's love and his, his message, his word on how I can. And I feel very blessed to be able to be here today to um, express my journey that I've gone through and the realizations. So now I am sad. I'm allowing myself to be sad. But I'm not going to sit there and be sad. Because with seeing on social media and seeing the, my friends from all over the world want to help and want to take care of me and many others like me, I am seeing that hope. So each day it's a new, it's new, uh, a new emotion. And even each hour, you know, I'll get, I'll get happy. I'll be like, yes, this is, this is what we need. And then I'll be like, oh, but we are still facing this issue. And that's what devastates me is that we're still facing this issue. But like I said, I'm slowly getting back to that, finding that bright side of all of this. And I'm getting there. Yeah, and, and it's a journey. And I'll just tell you, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's a journey all of us are on. So don't be thinking that, well, that's just not my, it's not for me. No, it is. We're all part of this journey. And what you do with the journey makes a difference. And and. Hearing the story and hearing the emotion, not just from um, a, a woman of color, but from a woman of faith, made me stop in my tracks and ask, okay, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to feel? What do I need to, you know, as I navigate through this? And so, you know, you hear about the emotion, you hear about this journey of realization, but the second part of it is what she gave me a little bit of a taste, you know, in our family gathering area where we met on Tuesday. Um, her faith has helped her navigate through this. And part of it was looking at a, a parable that we find in the scriptures where Jesus is speaking and he is speaking from her vantage point to the topic at hand. So if you would take us on that journey and that realization, okay? So we, we've heard of the, the lost sheep in the 99. So I like uh, the parable of that story. Or the, there's the 100 sheep and the one gets lost and the, man, and the one is in danger. And the man goes off to go find it. And the 99 are saying, well, what about us? What, uh, we, we matter too, right? And it's that one sheep it, is the one in danger. That man has to feel complete when he has all of his sheep accounted for and has all that one, all of them. So we know that all lives matter, but right now it's that the black uh, indigenous person of color community, they are, that is that one sheep. And it's like also following in Luke 15, the woman with the coins and how she had, was it 10 coins or she had her coins and then lost one 
Well, say if we put it in today's context and she needs to say she's planning to go into Olive Garden, she can't pay for her meal if she's short money. So she's not complete. She can't rejoice until she has all those coins. So it's all can't be all until that sheep comes home, that coin is found, etc. So that's wow. what I look at. And, and maybe part of the journey, and I don't know if you did this, but I did it as you were telling me the story, is I once was the lost sheep. I once was vulnerable and at risk. And then because of Jesus and his love, I have been found and I am blessed. But there are people now who are at risk emotionally, physically, um, sociologically. I mean, a lot of words that are there, but they're at risk and they are needing, well, we could use the word justice, but they're really needing the love of Jesus from people like you and me. And that really is what I call the third question that I, I told Monica to think about. What can we as the church, now again, Columbus, very white. Um, a lot of us have never had to deal with uh, being profiled or whatever words you want to use. But how do we, who have been blessed by God and we have faith and trust and all the blessings from him, how do we reach out in a circumstance and situation like this? How would you encourage? Well, I first want to start out that growing up as a woman of color in Columbus, Nebraska, I've never, I've been very sheltered from all the, like, the injustice or the oppression or, or the, the issues that face many people in, who are black or just in general, I've been very sheltered. And so um, I've never really seen my color and, but knowing that I can and I have people who will support me, I think to spread that message of as believers in Jesus Christ and followers of Christ and believers in God that what would Jesus do? I ask you, what would Jesus do? Think about that. I believe he would, sh he would love his neighbor as he loves himself. I mean, although Jesus was very humble. But, you know, like we, to live like Jesus, Jesus would love with love. And to think that we are all, it says, we are made in the image of God. So that means that God looks like you. God looks like me. Like, we're all made in the image of God. So let's love one another. If you know someone who is, so happens to have a different shade of melanin or pigment on their skin, reach out to them because they may be hurting. They may not know what to feel like I did. And you're not too young, you're not too old, you're not, it doesn't matter if you're right-handed, left-handed, it doesn't matter if we, we look different. My hair's curly, yours is straight. But we are all capable of loving, and I think that's what the world needs now and will always need. But love your neighbor as you love yourself. Reach out, check in, and just pray. Yeah, and I, I think about what does it mean to love? Uh, I'm going to say it, it's up to you, uh, it's up to God speaking to you about what that looks like. And I'm going to tell you, there are times I don't want to hear what God is telling me to do. Sometimes I go like this, and I'll just say, this is racism. And so to go like this and say, okay, God, you teach me, what does it mean to love all people? doesn't matter the color, doesn't matter if they're 
rich or poor, I mean, left-handed, right-handed, like, we are to love. And are we ready to follow the Spirit's lead? That's why this next part of it is actually going to be a song. And I'll just tell you, this song is meaningful to me for lots of reasons. I've heard this song, Holy Spirit, rain down for many years. A friend of mine used to sing it. He's now up in heaven. Um, and it stirs here. And it's not just a song. It's a prayer. And if you, and I'm going to say this very pointedly, if you are willing to pray this prayer sincerely, I believe God is going to speak to you about what you and me can do in the current circumstance of what's going on. And so Monica was willing to sing. So yes, she's a woman of color. Yes, she's a woman of faith. She's also a woman of song. And so she's going to make her way up there and she's going to share with us and pray this song. Pray this song. And then listen to what God says. Let's go ahead. Let your power fall. 
If you prayed that prayer that was sung by a woman of color or a woman of faith, a woman of song, um, God is faithful and he hears those prayers. Now, we're going to look into God's word. We're going to continue our journey. I don't think it's an accident that we'll just say several months ago I, I said, hey, let's preach on the book of Acts. And we're going to now, after current events, bump into Acts chapter 2. Where God wants to say that he is a God who understands everything. And he wants to speak to his people on June 7th, 2020. And so we've been on this journey of, of um, looking at God's presence as he came to the apostles. Now we're going to go through the book of Acts. We're going to see how the spirit continues to move in a mighty way. And desires to move even today and even in you and even in me. So, this is the relevance of the Word of God. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. We go a couple verses up further, and we see this. This is a list. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. I mean, you see this big, long list. Here's where I think the relevance is. There's a whole bunch of isms that could be playing part in going on here. You know, there could be the Medisms, the El uh, Elamiteisms, right? And you can almost picture that at a moment like this, people looking at each other saying, well, I am a Mede, and you're a Cretan, can I trust you? 
you're different than me. What's the answer? And I'm going to say this. The same answer 2,000 years ago with this variety and this diversity is the same answer today, 2020. Whether it's Columbus or anywhere else in this world, the same answer. It's this Holy Spirit who is powerfully at work to give faith and perspective and the power to be able to do what God has called us to do. And how about you? I hear the word racism. I'm like, I don't know what to do. God's Spirit does. And God's Spirit is poured out for you and me. All right. Why did Jesus choose Pentecost as the day that he would pour out the Spirit on his disciple? And the answer to this is very simple. It's the genius of God. He is so wise, so knowledgeable. He knows the right thing to do at the right time. And he is always, always good. So let me give you a little background, a little history to it. Uh, there are three main feasts in the Jewish life, and it's really the rhythm of life. And these feasts, the children of God, the, the God's chosen people, they were to travel wherever they were back to Jerusalem, and they were to celebrate and remember these feasts. Now, the first one, you see the word Passover, right? Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that we got together, and it was Holy Week, right? Palm Sunday, Jesus makes his way. He's in the upper room on Thursday. And they are celebrating the Passover meal because he's a good Jew. He went to Jerusalem. He was supposed to do this. And that was the day in which they remember how God, with his love and mercy, pass over the houses of those that had blood on the doorpost. That's Passover. And jo Jesus was doing that. Uh, I'm going to skip the, the yellow one, but let's do Feast of the Booths. This is the time where the children of Israel are going to remember now the covenant that God made. I will be your God, you will be my people. And they would get together and they would remember that. Now the middle one, Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, or a Pentecost, happened seven weeks and one day after the Passover. So, 50. So you can get the word Pentecost in there. Um, and this is a time where the children of Israel would remember how God had taken them out of Egypt and was bringing them to the Promised Land, and they made the stop at Mount Sinai. And if you uh, remember the Ten Commandments, like I do as a kid growing up, you, the Cecil D. DeMille version of it, Charlton Heston goes up to the mountain and he gets the Ten Commandments, God's law. But God's spirit was also poured out in a mighty way upon the people so that as they sojourned from Egypt to the Promised Land, God's spirit would lead them and guide them. That's what this was all about. So, Pentecost, that's what we celebrated last week. But here's the genius of God. There's going to be a bunch of people, by command of God, coming to Jerusalem. Now, does that mean anything to you? Well, let's go back to Luke chapter 24. And that, this is Jesus speaking. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, right? To all nations. 
beginning where? Jerusalem. Now, I'm guessing the, the disciples didn't quite get it. They heard the commands. They heard the words. This is what they're supposed to do. But I'm not sure they're connecting all the dots. In Jerusalem, all the nations are going to come together on this Feast of Weeks. And God is going to do something mighty and powerful where he is going to deal with the, all the isms at once. Any kind of division or divisive attitudes that are out there, God is going to do it. And then we find also in verse 49, And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Because what Jesus understood is that the only way that the children, uh, these disciples, his followers, the only way they're going to be able to do this thing, the Great Commission, is if they're clothed with power from on high. If left on their own, they would be pretty much just like the children of Israel. Wandering around, right? Remember, it was supposed to be a 40-day journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. It took them 40 years so God decided, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to clothe you with power from on high so that you could be and do what I've called you to do. And that's where we talked last week about that power, that clothing that God gives to his people so that we could live our lives in a way that is pleasing to God. So I'm going to share with you three what I call premises, three attitudes, three perspectives that I want us to hold closely to our heart and mind and life as we navigate through this thing called life. First one is the power promised by Jesus in Acts chapter 1, 8 and Luke 24, 49 is an extraordinary power. Now, you might say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you keep saying it? Because here's the scoop, folks. If you're sitting here saying, I am just an ordinary person, how can I do anything for the kingdom of God? You are absolutely right. You are ordinary. Maybe even less than ordinary because of sin, right? But what God does is he sees that, he steps into and he clothes you with this righteousness. And he gives you the Holy Spirit. Because he knows that in order for people like you and me to do extraordinary things, we need an extraordinary power. And it, again, we can't muster it up ourselves. Because we're going to stumble, we're going to trip, we're going to fall, we're going we're to do all sorts of stupid things. But he says, you know what, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to clothe you from power on high so you can be the church that I want you to be. So that you can be the people who will advance the kingdom. Which brings us to point number two, or premise number two. The promise was given to sustain the completion of, of world evangelization and all the ministry that supports it. So, you know, we talk about Matthew 28, and for Brianna, it was, again, a beautiful moment, but I hope you know, Brianna, the responsibility has just gone off the chart. You are, you are now called to be part of the solution for bringing the good news to the rest of the world. But you've been now clothed with power from on high. He's given you his Holy Spirit, and he's going to empower you so that you can love God and love others. And we, get, we got to witness that and watch that. 
And the reason I love baptisms in church is because I hope you not only watch Brianna, but then you sit back and say, oh, that's right, that happened to me. I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm clothed with power from on high so that, right, so that. And here's the third premise. And if you want to say out loud, duh, please do. The task of world evangelization is not yet complete. Duh, all right? You turn on the news. You watch what's going on. And you know that there's a whole bunch of people, like Monica's description of the 99 and the 1, I think there's a whole bunch of lost people. There's a whole bunch of people who left on their own and for their own, they will face destruction eternally. So God takes this serious. It's on his heart. Remember, at the very beginning of time, after sin occurred and the isms started with Adam and Eve. When sin crept in, literally, when they ate from the tree and disobeyed God, isms were there. But God spoke to that. And we find him making a promise that he's going to send his son and his son is going to suffer, die, and rise again so that the isms could be dealt with. Not just in heaven, where it's going to be perfect, but he wants to deal with the isms even right now. Any kind of division that happens because of sin, Jesus wants to deal with right here, right now, not just tomorrow. So you and me have been clothed from on high for a reason and a purpose. And it's for everyone to know Jesus. Everyone to know Jesus. Black, white, rich, poor, left-handed, right-handed, doesn't matter. That everyone would know Jesus. That's what it's about. That's the peace that God wants this world to have, which is so absent right now. I am troubled by what I'm seeing. I am troubled by the hatred and the division that are, seem to be getting bigger. And the only answer, the only answer, the only answer is this Jesus who comes and clothes us with power on high and then people like you and me stepping up and stepping in and saying, okay, I've got the peace that this world needs. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my neighbor. Even if they're different. I mean, think about the Acts chapter 1, verse 8 passage. You're going to be my witnesses, right? In Jerusalem. And I could picture that the, the disciples are going, I could dig with that. Jerusalem, that's kind of the main spot. I could be a witness there. Judea? I mean, the world's getting a little bit bigger here. Makes me a little anxious. But when Jesus said Samaria, my guess, the disciples we're going like this. Ew. Samaria? They're, they're not like us. And then he says to the ends of the earth. Can you imagine how that must have blown their mind? You know, three and a half years after being into this whole journey called being a disciple and a follower, Jesus says 
Your impact and how I'm going to use you is to all of this, not just to this. I'll say the same Jesus is speaking to you and me today, is saying, I'm going to call you, I'm going to use you for this, not just this. So be ready. Be ready. All right. This is what I believe is to be the goal of what we do. When we start being, you know, living as if we are clothed from power on high, and we start loving our neighbors, and we do what God has called us, people are going to be amazed and probably perplexed at what God is doing. And here's a little bit of law. And I want you to try this on for a second. If the people around you are not amazed, maybe we're not sharing the kind of love that God has called us to share. Maybe it's the same old, same old. Maybe we tolerate each other. Is that what God has called us to do? This is the goal. Yeah, this was 2,000 years ago. So they were amazed. This is the group that was together and, you know, they saw, I mean, it's pretty amazing to see tongues of fire that are on top of the heads. Pretty amazing to see these disciples speaking a language that they'd never had learned before in the ears of people that they can understand it. I get that. That's amazing. That's perplexing. How is this happening? But it's what God wants. People like you and me speaking and living and loving in a way that is going to cause people to be amazed and perplexed. I want to take you on a journey. This is actually what I was going to preach on today. So if you're sitting here thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. We had an interview. We had a song. We've already had a sermon. Now I'm going to give you the sermon. So this week was supposed to be about Peter's sermon. You know, what was he preaching and then the outcome of it. And we'll get to that on the last slide. But these are some of the words that Peter was sharing to those that were around. This is the message that changes and transforms somebody to be somebody who will be amazed and perplexed. So if you're sitting here saying, well, what do I say? What do, what do I do? We just, Peter helps us out here. Very beginning, he says, uh, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So step number one, and I'm going to say it begins with me, right? We need to repent. We need to receive from Jesus forgiveness. Because boy, does that change when we deal with other people. I mean, how weird would it be is we go to somebody and, and, and we feel like we can't walk in their shoes. So true repentance means I am a sinner, I am lost, but because of Jesus, I am found. I'm one of, I'm that one of the hundred that was lost and is now found, and I am blessed beyond measure. So we stop, we repent, we receive forgiveness, and this is the message we start sharing with people. There is a God out there that wants to forgive. There's a God out there that wants to love. All right. Secondly, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And I, I'd like to focus in on these words right here, for all who are far off. Who is that? What percentage of humanity 
are part of the, fall, of the all who are far off, 100%. Every person, you, me, everyone else, are far off. And so this promise of forgiveness in Jesus and this promise of the Holy Spirit are for all. It's for the person sitting next to you. It's for the person maybe in a cubicle next to you. It is the person that lives, you know, that neighbor that's really irritating. You know that one? It's even for the person that drives really bad and they're in front of you. It's for the person that is doing irritating things. I mean, this gospel, this good news is for all people. And we are called to be a part of that. And then... And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And, you know, when I read this this week again, uh, we do live in a crooked generation. It's always going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. Racism is going to continue until Jesus comes again. So there is going to be a battle and a struggle against the crooked generation. And the only hope we have is the hope we have in Christ who clothes us with, with um, power from above and gives us the love so we can love people and that things can start changing. Now, what's the end result when the word of God is preached, proclaimed, and lived out? It's this last section. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 matters. So when people like you and me understand our sin, receive the forgiveness and love that comes from Christ, and start dishing it out and dispensing it out to the one, actually it's many who are lost. And when God does his thing, people are added to the kingdom. Celeste called me, um, or actually Facebooked me this week and said, oh, I came across this song. Oh, it's beautiful. It's powerful in light of what's going on today. And um, the, the title I didn't recognize, but once I went on to it, it's, it's a song I've been listening to over the last couple of weeks. I've known for a couple of years. It is beautiful. But it's powerful. When the church is the kind of church God has called us to be, things happen. When we take love and kindness and compassion and we start putting it into the relationships around us, maybe even beyond us, some amazing things happen. So again, listen, sing, pray that we would be what God has called us to be. His loved children who love others. Amen. For humanity 
Increase my love Help me love with open arms like you do Love that erases all the lines and sees the truth And know that when they look in my eyes they would see you Even in just a smile they would feel the Father's love Oh, how you love us From the homeless to the famous and in between And you formed us and you made us carefully Cause in the end We're all your children so help me to laugh with open arms like you do. A love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. And know that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. And even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. Such a good father. Let's sing it again. So let all my life tell of who you are. And the wonder of your never ending love. Oh, let all my life tell of who you are. That's your wonderful. Such a good father That you are wonderful And such a good father So help me to live with open arms Like you do A love that erases all the lines And sees the truth Love. Even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we have prayers for a friend to have a change of heart from deception to truth. Prayers for guidance and direction. Prayers for Darlene with health issues. Prayers for healing and peace. Prayers for one with kidney disease. Prayers for my son who has shingles for healing. 
prayers for the Magana family over the loss of a father and a husband, that the Lord watch over each and every one of them, especially my mother Molly. Prayers for my dad that he had a blessed birthday this past week. Prayers for everyone struggling with health and mental issues. A prayer of thanks for the many blessings that you continue to give us, Lord. Please heal those who are hurting physically, mentally, emotionally. Guide all relationships to you, Lord. Prayer that my sister Serenity is safe when she's with her father. Please watch over and guide and protect me, my children, my family. Please work through us and guide us so that what we do and say gives glory to you. Please also guide us down the path you've chosen for us. Prayers for our financial favor, Lord, from you. For we have no air conditioning, and every time we think we have enough to place to replace ours, something else breaks. Father, we just pray that you uh, give us the heart of love for the one. Help us to show love to others the way you showed love to us by sending your son to die for us. For even when we were lost, you loved us. Join me as we say the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. A couple announcements this morning. The first one is we want to recognize our graduates. So if you're graduating high school or college 2020, I want to invite you to come forward, keep your social distance, uh, so stay six feet apart and line up on the floor here in front of the stage, if you would, please. Um, and while you're coming forward, uh, I'll share another announcement. Next Sunday, following the 11 a.m. worship service, we are having a voters meeting. And so in that voters meeting, we will elect um, some leadership team members in that. We'll also discuss some possible uh, bylaw changes and have a conversation about that, as well as... Um, accept our meetings or our minutes from the last leadership team meeting. So again, um, next Sunday after 11 o'clock service, voters meeting, love to have you join us for that. All right, graduates, thank you for coming up. First of all, congratulations. We are very excited for you. We're very proud of you. And as you think about this transition into the, the next season of your life, I'd like to share a verse with you. Uh, you may be familiar with this verse, you may not, but it comes from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, where God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So as you think about your future moving forward, know that just as God has been present and active in your life leading up to this point, he is going to be there throughout the rest of your life and we worship a God that lives outside of time and space so he is already in the future preparing it for you and he has great plans for you and know also that you're filled with the Holy Spirit to be sent out wherever God takes you on this journey to be his witnesses in the world 
So thank you and congratulations. Um, I'd like to say a prayer for you and then you can go back to your seats. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these students. Lord, we thank you for your presence and your goodness and your faithfulness in their lives, Lord. And we just pray that you continue that knowing that you will, Lord. And we just pray that you make your presence known in even greater and more powerful ways as you work in them and through them as your kingdom representatives in this world, Jesus. So give them the confidence of knowing that you are with them and that you are sending them out uh, to do great things, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you can head on back to your seats. Just as they are going out with God's confidence, we can do the same thing, all of us, as we leave worship today. We can go knowing that the Holy Spirit fills us up. The Holy Spirit sends us out with his power to be his witnesses in the world around us. So go with God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Please rise for our last song. In my wrestling and in my doubt, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea.
As you go into your week, be third, God, others, self. Go in peace, serve the Lord.